Hello and welcome to The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. Each week, the sharpest minds and freshest thinkers in finance take you beyond the numbers and hype, right to the heart of the big issues of the day. This week, we're diving into the 2023 UBS Own Your Worth report. And we're once again fortunate enough to be joined by the head of the US Women's segment at UBS Wealth Management, Carrie Shuffman, to guide us through the findings of this edition. Carrie's here to tell us how she and her colleagues compile the data to pick out some of the headlines and to take a step back and to remind us why a sharp focus on women's financial participation remains as vital as ever. It's a pleasure to welcome Kerry back to the show. Kerry, great to have you with us. Before we get into the details of this year's report, just remind us, maybe for the benefit of listeners who might not have heard your previous appearances on this programme, what it is that you and your colleagues do there in the women's segment. Absolutely. And, and thanks so much for having me on on the podcast again, Tom. It's great to, to be with you to share the launch of another Own Your Worth report. But just as a reminder for everyone tuning in, the women's segment at UBS is focused on the development and implementation of our strategy as a firm to address the unique financial needs that women have throughout the course of their lifetimes. Our goal is really to help women navigate their financial lives and prepare for their financial futures. And we do that in a number of ways through extensive research, developing educational resources and materials, events and programmings and more, all on various topics related to women's financial well-being. And, and I would say that our commitment as an organization is really threefold to help bring more women to the financial table, to support those women who are already at the financial table, and to make that table a more inclusive place for women. Well, you mentioned research there in that, Kerry, and it's it's so fundamental, isn't it, to the work that you do. Let's talk about the, the Own Your Worth report, this latest edition. Remind us, you know, what is the background to the research that you and your team conduct? What are you trying to achieve? What's kind of in the crosshairs when you when you embark on this process each year? Absolutely. So for the last six years, UBS has worked tirelessly to gain a deeper understanding of how women actually engage in their finances so that we can be best positioned to better serve women and and accomplish all that we've set out to do in helping women achieve greater financial well-being, as, as I just mentioned before, in terms of what our team does. So each year since 2018, we've published an annual Own Your Worth report focused on how women engage in the major financial decisions that shape their lives and their legacies, while also approaching this research with the foundational belief that women are a population, not a segment, right? And that each report should look at specific demographics of women or specific trends that are impacting certain women, and to do that in a meaningful way as it pertains to really trying to get to the root of of this broader concept of financial well-being. And so over the last six years, we've had the opportunity to survey and speak to thousands and thousands of women from all different backgrounds, ages, financial situations, professions, etc. And last year, for example, we looked at how the events of the last few years, including the pandemic, of course, had acted as a catalyst for reevaluation for women. And we found that women in particular have an increased desire to lead more purposeful lives and see money as a tool to affect the change they wish to see in the world. And so if we sort of fast forward from from last year to this year for our latest Own Your Worth report that we just published for 2023 titled Tradition, Trust, and Time, we wanted to take a closer look at the experience that women primary breadwinners have when it comes to money and to understand whether there are specific challenges that women breadwinners face embracing their financial class. 
well, yeah, and having had the chance to kind of browse some of the key, the key findings, as you say, really fascinating insights into the role of women as primary earners in in households. What what exactly did you find? And it's so interesting, isn't it? Because sometimes the challenges might not be those that would at first uh, jump out, but again, this deep research really unlocks some really fascinating insights. Absolutely, and 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 sort of the background for the report is we know that women continue to make great strides in education, in labor force participation, career advancement. They are contributing more to their families' incomes than ever before. And so we really wanted to understand whether this increasing financial clout translated to increased financial participation in terms of involvement around involvement in the decisions around what to do with the money that women are earning. And so that was really the the catalyst for the research to try to understand whether and what challenges women primary breadwinners face. So actually, Tom, we found that in our research, about 30% of the women that we surveyed in heterosexual couples reported that they were indeed the primary breadwinner in their households. And we actually spoke with over 800 women and men in heterosexual couples, as well as women in same-sex couples for this research. And so uh, from that initial starting point, we actually found that women breadwinners were significantly less engaged in making the major short and long-term financial decisions for their households compared to financial engagement levels of men breadwinners. And and just a quick aside, Tom, when we say primary earners or breadwinners, we, we use those interchangeably. But when using the term breadwinner, I'm referring to primary breadwinners, not necessarily sole breadwinner. So just, just a quick note about that. But basically from there, from seeing that there's less engagement in major financial decisions, both short and long term, by women breadwinners, the question really became why, right? If money is power, why aren't more women breadwinners exercising it? And so from our research, a a picture emerged of why so many women breadwinners are still relinquishing their power over financial decision-making. And while some of these challenges we found were less pronounced for women in same-sex couples, we found three key reasons for the disparity between women and men breadwinners. Well, yeah, I mean, do go on and tell us a bit about some of them, Kerry. And I guess what would be interesting, not just to hear that you have now all this data that starts to indicate why this happens, presumably then part of the bigger ambition is that UBS can actually start to address the problems on a fundamental level. Absolutely. And that's exactly the point of this research. And and I'll, I'll sort of answer your question in two parts. So I would say the first the first part of the, of the question in terms of what are those challenges, uh, it really comes down to, as the, as the report aptly states, tradition, trust, and time. The three challenges really are all wrapped up in those three broader considerations. So the first key challenge that we found is around tradition. So uh, interestingly, many women breadwinners said they had mixed feelings about being the breadwinner given societal expectations and gender stereotypes. So for example, Less than half of women breadwinners in heterosexual couples said they prefer being in this position compared to almost 90% of men breadwinners who said they prefer it. Uh, many bre- women breadwinners also said that friends and family tend to assume that their male partners are the primary earners. And about half of these women don't correct those assumptions made by their inner social circles. So that's sort of that first reason tradition. The second key challenge was trust. Uh, So many women breadwinners told us they face insecurities and trust issues from their non-primary earning partners in heterosexual couples. So the majority of men non-primary earners said that they would themselves prefer to be the breadwinner and that they wish they could contribute more. And many even cited that this difference in earnings has caused tension in their relationships. 
Women breadwinners also face actually very high levels of distrust, often from non-primary earning partners who um, say that they doubt them when it comes to their spending and investing habits. And then lastly, the third key challenge is around time. And perhaps unsurprisingly, as there's been so much research, so many studies around how household responsibilities fell even more disproportionately on women during the pandemic, for example. But even in this latest research, women breadwinners told us that they take on more of the household responsibilities and childcare responsibilities compared to men breadwinners, which ultimately leaves them less time for for financial matters. So those are really the key challenges, tradition, trust, and time. But Tom, I would also note it's worth noting that some of these challenges were actually less pronounced for women in same-sex couples. So for example, women in same-sex couples preferred being the breadwinner about two-thirds of the time, so significantly higher than women breadwinners in heterosexual couples. And women breadwinners in same-sex couples also had higher levels of confidence around investing and said that being the breadwinner made it natural for them to take the lead on financial decisions at higher rates than women breadwinners in heterosexual couples. So some key differences there that we uncovered that I think are really important to to point out as well. Yeah, for sure. And I guess then the most important thing, because it's hard not to find some aspects of this, uh, well, frankly, somewhat depressing here, you know, in terms of a lack of trust these seemingly sort of reinforced traditional gender roles, that can, that could strike you as being rather depressing. But I guess what's good is with the deeper knowledge, it opens the way to then meaningful change and enduring change. So tell us a bit about what UBS hopes to do, and I'm sure is already starting to do to address some of these, well, some of these things which are, let's be fair, they they are, they are rather depressing, but UBS is addressing them. Right. Exactly, Tom. And I I think that was really the goal of our research, right? It's one thing to do this type of research to glean insights. But then the next step, of course, is, well, what do you do with that information? How can it drive meaningful progress? What can we learn? And then how can it really influence how we do business? And when I say we, I don't just mean UBS, but I mean the financial services industry more broadly, right? How can we do better? How can we help alleviate some of these these dynamics? Um, How can we help support women breadwinners more meaningfully. And so I would say candidly, Tom, our research does show that that there is indeed room for improvement, which we really see as a tremendous opportunity to do more and to do better collectively as an industry to better serve not just women breadwinners, but all women investors and to support greater financial participation for women. So our research revealed that many breadwinners feel that the financial services industry can be patronizing and has historically catered to men, which is where I think there's really apparent room for improvement, right? And certainly we can help try to collectively raise the bar for our industry to try to, you know, hopefully improve some of these statistics that we we found in this latest research. And so I think for us, as we think about how can UBS help pave the way, it was also important for us to actually try to better understand the key financial needs of women breadwinners as it pertains to their financial life, which we also did with this latest research, which I think can be a starting point for affecting change and trying to trying to improve this dynamic. So for example, Tom, we found that women breadwinners cited top financial needs, including retirement planning, maintaining an emergency fund, budgeting, and long-term care as just a few of their most important priorities. So then the question is, well, how can we as an industry, how can financial professionals 
better meet those needs, right? Recognizing that this is what real women, you know, hundreds and hundreds of women from across the country have told us are most important to them. So, so a clear, a clear path forward, I would say. And then in terms of how to meet those needs, I would say financial professionals can really do four key things. The first is, you know, seeking to understand the family income dynamics first, and facilitating conversations that include each partner in the relationship equally. Second, I would say this is key, is setting assumptions aside and listening to the unique needs of women breadwinners. The third would be looking for ways to simplify, ease, and automate services to help reduce the time burden of financial engagement for women breadwinners. And then lastly, and I think this really ties to those key needs that we heard, is addressing financial engagement through the lens of a comprehensive goals-based financial planning approach that can really address each of those key needs in one broader comprehensive plan, you know, all laid out in, in one place for that woman breadwinner and for her family. So yes, I would say, you know, at, at UBS, we fundamentally believe that all women should take their rightful place at the money table. And, and I think the goal of this research is to be able to help women do just that. So we certainly see this latest research, you know, while we certainly pointed out some existing and pretty staggering challenges that exist, uh, we did that in the hopes of collectively recognizing those challenges so that we can then work to correct the imbalance. Well, yeah, and actually, that was the kind of final thing that I wanted to ask you about, Carrie, a little bit. You've been doing this kind of work for for some time now in terms of own your worth. It's a hugely important topic, and one would hope that, particularly if you dive into the research and actually read what the the data tells you, that everyone would be equally invested in building a more equitable society through this through this particular lens. But I guess it it, it is worth underscoring exactly why you have this deep conviction, why this topic's so important to you personally and to your to the team there and why this idea about driving participation is really the only way to to solve the 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 problem maybe just underscore that for us again finally sure tom and i think that's a great a great note to end on because i I know we've discussed this a few times together on on this podcast in the past but we really believe it's critical for women to have a say in the major financial decisions that will impact them their lives their legacies and and interestingly enough I, I always like to note this that the vast majority of women and men that we've surveyed over the years also believe it's critically important for women to be equally engaged in financial decisions in fact the majority of women and men have told us through our research that only when women are equally engaged in the major financial decisions that impact them will we as a society achieve gender equality and, and I would say even beyond that, Tom, you know, money plays a significant role in shaping our lives, our futures, whether we like it or not, right? It, it helps us achieve our goals, allay concerns. It helps us retire when we want, helps us pay for unforeseen medical costs or emergencies, buy that dream home we've always wanted, you know, pay for tuition for children or grandchildren's education, give money to the charities or causes that are important to us. And so we really fundamentally believe that everyone, women and men, should be engaged and aware of where their money is, where it's going, and and how they're on track to achieve the things that are most important to them in life. So not only, I would say, to avoid surprises later on down the road, but to also influence you know, where that road takes you throughout your financial journey. And I know I've mentioned this before, but demographic trends do bear out that 80% of women will at some point have to manage their finances on their own. So it really is important to be engaged in these decisions at, at every life stage. It's never too early or too late to take a more active role in your financial life. And and certainly for the purpose of this purposes of this latest report focused on women breadwinners, 
We believe it's it's critical for women breadwinners to feel empowered throughout the course of their lives to shape their financial futures and steer their own paths to achieving the goals that are most important to them. And and really, though, I would reiterate that this is relevant for all women and indeed all investors around the importance of, of having a seat at the financial table and having influence over the things that ultimately shape where your life takes you. And that's Kerry Shuffman bringing us to the end of this edition of The Bulletin with UBS, setting the agenda in the fast-moving world of finance each week here on Monocle Radio. You can listen again and explore more at monocle.com. That's where you can join the club and subscribe to Monocle magazine. You can also follow this show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can discover more and find out how UBS can help you at UBS.com. To explore the Own Your Worth report in more detail and discover more about the work of Kerry and her colleagues in the women's segment, head to UBS.com forward slash women. This is The Bulletin with UBS on Monocle Radio. I'm Tom Edwards. Thanks for listening. <laughs>